Jenna. Hi, Bria. Uh, how you been? Oh, you know, I'm just doing and chewing. Uh, <laughs> doing and chewing. <laughs> you know, well, usually I chew and then I do, you know. Um, the, the, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> uh, I do sorry. do. Uh, yeah. No, uh, Come for the mature humor here, folks. Of course. You know, the mature, <laughs> the most mature humor. <laughs> two, <laughs> two trans girls going through puberty 2.0. Very mature. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm pretty mature at this point. I feel like I'm yeah. a little... I've, I've lived through a lot. I think I've got some life experience behind me, you know? Yeah, I suppose, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm sort of nearing the two-thirds point of puberty 2.0. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? right. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I probably don't even got an excuse. I'm out of there, basically, man. I, I'm in college now, yo. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I think you have to have a little immaturity in order to survive the, the complications of this goddamn world. You got to keep that joy. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep the joy in you, Jenna. And how do you do that these days? Um, well, mostly laughing at nonsense on the internet, which oh, I think is a, a great kind of a segue into the, the vague topic we were going for, which is memes. Memes, memes, memes. Yeah. So this is this is something funny enough. I think both you and I have a rather different perspective on. Yeah, I mean, have a bit of a distaste for them. This might be the start of our our cinematic universe civil war arc. <laughs> yeah, I gotta convince you of how how good memes are. I guess. <laughs> no. And I gotta convince you that we gotta go back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> yeah, just uh, guess we gotta be putting up our own barns by hand. <laughs> Who needs cranes or electricity? Uh, you know, it's the devil's plaything. You, you start putting magic into rocks, and before you know it, they're they're telling you what to buy, and you got SpongeBob popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a corporate dystopia, and I'm not sure if we had much uh, chance of avoiding it ever since technology was invented. The moment some people had power over computers, this was... This feels inevitable. Um, well, you know what this means, Jenna. I'll get the fertilizer. <laughs> I'm Bria. I'm Jenna. And this is Obsessive by Nature. Where did they come from? Where are they going? What are they for? I think is is also a, They're a good for laughing and taffing. Well, I think that having a larf with the lads. <laughs> I think that's exactly the the root of where they came from. And like, I think memes are about as old as humanity's idea of civilization is. Oh, I got. Oh yeah, I got thoughts on that. I. I mean, like, I'm, I'm. You know, okay. <laughs> I was saying I'm anti meme. No, I'm team meme. I think memes over genes. Oh, for real? I mean, that's that's another actually interesting point for me around memes is just how they evolve, how they change, how they come about. Like, there's there's so much meat on these bones. They're the tortoise and the hare. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, sure, in that fable, the slow tortoise wins, but that's, no, just come on. Well, the tortoise wouldn't even be racing if the hare wasn't part of it. Yeah, <laughs> and the hare's way faster. He can, he can get there. He's going to get to the line. So what I'm trying to say is that memes are a faster form of evolution 
I I actually really agree that that's that was going to be one of my my points to to convince you. Oh, of. Oh, like, oh, okay. Well, memes are are fascinating and how they evolve, like how they crossbreed, how they like intersect with one another, are influenced by other things around them. Just I don't know. They're such a fascinating topic. Like, well, okay, Richard Dawkins. <laughs> yes, famously the one who created the word meme, even though he's a giant asshole. Well, okay. I got out myself here in another life, in another age, thousands of years ago in the future. I was a new atheist. Uh, I was into the Sam Harris, into the Christopher Hitchens. He got cancer around the time I got cancer. Well, I mean... Except he died and I didn't. (laughs) Very glad it turned out that way. (laughs) Gotta be honest. Oh, man. I I really do shudder to think of a world, like a post-Donald Trump world that also has Christopher Hitchens in it. Like, just because I can't guarantee it'd be a cool one. I mean... A lot of those guys, (laughs) they went to the alt-right. That's the thing, right? There's this pipeline. That's what got me out of it. I can't remember if I ever talked about this on another episode. I don't remember if we talked about this. Does sound familiar as a conversation we've had? I probably been... just blabbed about it, and if not, we can maybe artfully edit this to make me look better. But uh, yeah, um, basically, the pipeline is real, and I got out of it to the other one, the the the, the new atheist to girl pipeline, which is also real. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, yeah, that Richard Dawkins he coined the idea, and he's a big dummy who's bad on a lot of things but he also said a few smart things he knows about a lot about that biology that evolution yeah although some of his uh some of his stuff has been sort of discredited apparently the the selfish gene thing has been fairly discredited as mm. being unimaginative and sort of not really not really accurate but I don't know, this is just what I've been reading lately while I was funnily enough uh, looking up who coined the term but I was gonna say the, the as to the pipeline, I've I've been there. Uh, that's how I. So that's part of my own journey. Um, I, <laughs> I do think the new atheist to to girl pipeline is uh, definitely a bit of a thing. Oh yeah, like it's almost like uh, we have some like existential angst we're working out. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it it becomes a. Uh, very amusing when you start seeing all these videos taking down the the blue haired feminists. And you're like, hmm. But they're kind of right, though. And I wish I sort of looked like that. I could dye my hair. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, you know, I guess uh, a lot of, I think, what we're going to be talking about with memes is hegemony and that idea. I think we talked about it last episode, the the dictating reality to people, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like it's almost criminal that we didn't talk about Gramsci at all but i can oh. i wouldn't be able to talk about that authoritatively i should have just like actually prepared and read a bit is oh. what would have been the right right thing to do but i think there's more meat on those bones within the context of memes itself of how I, my concerns might be that they're gonna flatten things out and it's gonna not be good for human expression i mean i so this is the interesting thing for me because i think that it sort of has the opposite effect i think memes tend to move so fast and require kind of in order to stick around in people's consciousnesses they have to evolve because if you keep seeing the same thing over and over again it starts to lose a lot of its meaning um especially if it's used in too many contexts so people end up evolving them and it becomes like this weird form of communication i think it's honestly a a really interesting 
excuse me, a really interesting form of uh, expression that people get to do where they get to like play around with it and make new variations with minimal effort. So as usual, we've got the fart before the horse here. What is a meme, Jenna? So I, the best description that I can come up with for a meme is a cultural soundbite in any medium. And I use the term soundbite, even though soundbite implies audio, but like it can be uh, two seconds of audio, it can be two seconds of video, it can be a little gif, a picture, um, a word. Sometimes even just saying a particular word is, is enough for it to be a meme. But I think each of them has this sort of idea of expressing a moment in time, almost. That seems to be, or like expressing a concept, I guess. Um, that seems to be the, the main tie through for, from what I can see. Yeah. I have always thought of them as just a little package of information. Like a gene is a little package of genetic information, right? The chemicals there, they encode yeah. a sequence that the little guy walks on and it unzips them apart and it makes a protein, right? It pretty much all of genes just, they're coding for some protein that your body uses for this or that building the structure or, you know, an enzyme to digest something or whatever. And uh, memes, so they don't have to be a protein. They yeah. could be about a low-carb diet. They could be about a funny sponge that is <laughs> tormenting a poor squid who's just doing his best. Yeah. I mean, even even memes expressing the idea of how, uh, how much people connect to Squidward rather than Spongebob the older they get. Yeah, so. well, it's interesting, you know, the, the idea has evolved, obviously. When Richard Dawkins um, coined the term meme, it, he was very much talking about it in the term of, of like, human cultural development, ideas mm. coming, you know, across species. And, you know, he went on his sort of anti-religious bent with that specifically yeah. right seeing religion as a bad meme a bad idea that overtook humanity but really any meme is just a little package of information shared between people that they then you know as you said communicate with uh, share like concepts or ideas gods yeah. tools techniques yeah i i think like any packet of information especially such a sort of bite-sized one is the perfect avenue for things like propaganda so like there's definitely room for memes to be evil and awful. Uh, I think like the okay hand gesture, for instance, was a, a big one at one point from the alt-right. Mm -hmm. um, Pepe the Frog memes became you know, synonymous with the alt-right at one point. Like they can become perfect avenues for intense propaganda. And much like in both of those cases, they can appear to go under the radar for a lot of people. It depends how niche it is. Yeah. If it has some kind of movement behind it. And the interesting thing is you'll have lots of these memes that at one point at time at least had multiple meanings until uh, a certain more dominant meaning kind of overtook it. Mm -hmm. Pepe wasn't always an alt-right thing. It yeah. started as just like this sort of like expression of like feeling like a loser. Right? Like that's yeah. what was that boys clubs, the comic? Like... I, I'm i trying to... I think it might be, but... I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. But yeah, yeah. like they... It was all about like um, just feeling like a loser in this crappy world. And surprise, surprise, uh, I actually just watched a movie that was like about this. Did you ever see that movie Skin? I haven't or heard of it. Oh, it's like about a, it's based on a true story of like a white supremacist guy who had like full body tattoos, face tattoos of Nazi stuff. Uh -huh. And he got out. Okay. And it's a story of getting out and getting like 600 days of laser tattoo removal 
all over oh, his body. Yes. And what those guys do is they just go to like local gangs, like loser kids hanging out under a bridge. And then they pick the biggest loser and they go, hey, kid, come over here. You want to do the real shit? You want you want to hang out with us? You want to get some food? We're having a banquet later. We can, and I got a YouTube channel you can check out. It's about race and reason. Oof, and the yeah. kid, you know, gets in the car, you know, in the case in the movie, they do it. And, and then like, you know, later he's at the, the place, right? They've recruited him and shaved his head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the main guy, the guy who's getting his tattoos removed later is like, hey, kid, why'd you, why'd you sign up? Why are you even here? And he's like, I was hungry. Yeah. And that's what they do. You just go to all the gangs and get the biggest loser and then get him into your gang. And then before long, you've got a gang of losers. And that's what they did online. All the Pepe's, they got all the biggest losers from those circles. The people who truly had nothing. And I don't mean this judgmentally. You know, like it's a, it's a, but they themselves thought of them as such. They're people that don't have a lot going on. Yeah. And, like, they're vulnerable and targeted by this thing. And I feel like I've gone on a tangent because I wanted to talk about this movie, I guess. Well, but... I mean, I think it's an important tangent. I think, it, like, it, you know, we're sort of exploring the darker side of memes at the moment and that, like, how they can be vectors for, for that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, like, what's really interesting around memes that we were talking about with Pepe the Frog is that, like, um, Pepe is associated with this idea of being a loser in the world. It's like, and all of the memes were surrounding that idea. And like that's a fundamental piece of the, the DNA of that meme is like being a loser. And that can be tied into hitting particular groups. And like we keep seeing corporations make ham-handed attempts at using memes as a form of like viral marketing and things like that. But so often they don't understand it because they don't really understand the culture. They don't really understand what's going on, which is why they always feel so ham-fisted. But if they could do something that like spawns memes, that's where they hit it big. Um, but yeah, I think like just the, the idea of it being like tied to these kind of like pipelines and this being like the, the kind of like darker side of it. Um, the internet is a perfect breeding ground for people who feel ostracized by society, the losers to, to congregate and share little tidbits with each other because yeah. that's their community. And then, and yeah, that's the new thing, right? The new little like packages of ideas become little, like an image that has text is actually you know, I studied comics. I read my, uh, not Scott Pilgrim, Christ, what's his name? Scott <laughs> Adams? No. Is it? Understanding Comics guy. What is that? Uh, I think it's Scott Adams. I, I'm pretty sure it's Scott Adams. Understanding Comics. I swear I know a lot about this stuff, folks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anyways, he talks <laughs> about how a, a, an image with text overlaid on it is like a more powerful mode of communication because like a text alone or an image alone, they really only have like, you know, they could have more than one interpretation, but they're like, they're one thing. Whereas yeah. when it's text with image, that's a juxtaposition of information possibly, which in his sort words, you know, maybe paraphrasing here, but multiplies the amount of information it conveys. You, the layers yeah. of meaning it can have are many fold. So it makes sense that this idea of like information, the most effective way for it to be swapped between people in a digital medium, say, would be a picture with words. Yeah. A video is a lot to do. You know, and you're not going to be making a video. That's too much. But you just have a little picture with words. It's a quick thing you see. It's well, instantly communicated to you. I mean, so I think this is the interesting thing with uh, TikTok because video has started to be more of a thing now That's that there true. are again more short form videos. 
But like memes have always been like little snippets. There's always been little snippets of shows or movies or what have you, as long as that has been a viable thing to share on the internet. And I think like, yeah, it's that it's that moment, it's that feeling that you're transferring back and forth. And like, yeah, absolutely agreed. The the image with the text is more than the sum of its parts. Uh, you you get context, you get vibe, you get feelings, all of these things that are often sort of hard to pin down, but you can pull them through what that meme is about, where it came from, what its history is, and what it's saying. It's like, it's such an interesting like package of all those little pieces. Yeah, it's, um, and it evolves. The, 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 the uh, ecosystem of memes kind of changes over time, how they interact with one another. New formats get born, old ones die out. Yeah. There's so many memes. Like when we were kind of coming of age on the internet and memes were coming of age themselves, like it was Reddit, it was like rage comics, it was advice animals, it was stuff you don't see anymore. Yeah, I think you sometimes you still see rage comics, but they've really changed so much compared to where they were. But like yeah. I, I remember the days of like uh, lol cats, you know, oh, I yeah. can yeah. cheeseburger and philosophy raptor and like just these weird sort of ideas. It was like you you knew if it was philosophy raptor, it was philosopher Sorry, philosopher raptor. You yes, go. you're right. <laughs> that's a funnier one, at least. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> I, like with Philosopher you get these this kind of like tongue-in-cheek philosophical ideas and then it had a few different flavors that oh, were yeah. like branched off the main one. So you had the like silly Philosopher and the serious one and the like galaxy what would now be galaxy braiding one. And then like now you and that, that's that's an interesting one because like Philosopher has kind of stuck around and morphed into like galaxy brain. Like that's taken yeah. on some of those those aspects, and I you know I'd argue Rage Comics kind of morphed into uh, the Wojaks. Yeah, Wojak. That's the the oh like NPC face and crying uh, yeah. guy. Like, like it's the same basic concept, but the drawings are just like slightly more detailed. Like like yeah, Rage Comics were like child level five year old drawings. Like that was the point. <laughs> they're supposed to be shitty, and then Wojaks are also supposed to be shitty, but they're just slightly more. They're like, we prettified the shitty. It's yeah. still shitty, but it's it, sort of prettier. <laughs> like, what's with the, the aesthetic there, you know? Well, I guess, like, Wojaks, they kind of seem like they were also a little more right-wing. I feel like most of them were co-opted in this more, like, you know, NPC meme. Oh, yeah, all those people that believe in social justice are NPCs. Yeah, that was... What was the funniest is, like, seeing the comments about that, where they all were identical. Like, people were screenshotting the same comment from, like, 70 yeah. people posting the same well, comment they the do. same text. Oh, my God. These, just like, these losers you see yourselves? <laughs> I used to, I remember, I'd get raided back in the, the meme wars of 2017. I was there, Gandalf. I was there 5,000 years ago. <laughs> They're, they would just spam my page. They'd go on raids. Me and, like, Sophie LaBelle and, and Mallory Udicious, uh, you know, they'd just come on our pages and they'd do their little, like, dorky, like, meme brigades. Yeah. Where they'd come and they'd have their little paratrooper-like faces sometimes and they'd, like, they just all spam the exact same meme, exact same joke. Yeah. And, that, that, or emoji. The, the bird emoji. <laughs> the audacity of doing that while calling the people that you're doing that to yeah. NPCs. It's like, do you do you see yourselves? You've all done the exact same thing. You're all exa acting the exact same way, which is to all of you call us 
NPCs in the exact same manner. If that's not an NPC, I don't know what is. <laughs> the, the most fabulous thing about these people, I don't want to go too long about bigots and transphobes and such, but like they'll always present their argument as though it's like this brilliant thing and as though you've never heard it before. And it's like, no, honey, I've had this argument hundreds of times with hundreds of different people and none of them won. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not the, like, we're, we're not the, the blue-haired feminist that was edited to shit so that she looks like an idiot in your takedown video. Yeah. Like, we're actually real people who could respond to you and have thought about these things. Well, that's because memes, I think, circling back to our topic, they appeal. I'm not going to say they, they only appeal, but, like, it makes sense that this idea of, like, a little package of information, an idea... As like, mm -hmm. almost like your concept of a person would fit in with people of a more right-wing persuasion. Because they sure do be about the stereotypes. They sure do be about having like an idea of people. Like they've created an image of us in their heads. They have an image of black people. They have an image of marginalized people, poor people. The yeah. objects of their contempt. They've created an idea of them that they can hate on. But they don't know the reality because they refuse to open up to other people. They, they're not very good with critical thinking. They're not very good with like flexibility and nuance and compassion. They're cut off from their feelings. They're rigid in their thought processes and they go by authority. And yeah. so when daddy tells them that you are X and you got to send this package of information to the bad image, you do it. And that's why you get little boys doing their meme brigade all saying the same thing that daddy told them to say. Well, I think that's, I mean, that, that is absolutely accurate. Like their complete lack of creativity comes from just, as you say, like complete lack of experience. They've heard the stories and that's what they're going on. And the stories are all remarkably the same. And like, you know, I guess it's, to me, it's often no surprise that a lot of the alt-right are um, hyper-Christian in the very United States form of Christian, which is the, you go to church on Sundays and you listen to your pastor preach to you oh, about How hatred. many of them actually go to church, though? Yeah, well, I mean, a weirdly high-ish number for those who were, uh, like, really outcast, I think, because it's another place where they can find some degree of connection, but yeah... Like, I think once again, they uh, fetishize the idea. Yeah. I they mean, like that, the idea of going to church, but not all of them do. Yep. It, I think it's it's kind of like seeing the same guys with, with guns where they've bought like 600 of the same assault rifle. And you're like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, I kitted it out. Like the US, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you didn't buy a military rifle. It just looks like it. It is just. Ugh. I'm ugh. like daddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got lots of guns to show how strong and powerful I am, just like every other white dude in a 50-mile radius. I mean, you know, we shouldn't talk too long about conservative chuds, but I really do think they're just people <laughs> who are like, sorry, content warning here, trigger warning, beat by their parents into becoming little versions of themselves, and they desperately want the approval of authority. Oh, I mean, uh, I always struggle because I... I to me, it all seems like these interesting kind of like bouncing off points that just lead into each other. But absolutely, like when you're beaten into being the same miniature version of your dad who worked hard and was beaten by his parents and he turned out okay. So that's why he beats you and that's why you'll turn out okay. And you've got to convince yourself that because otherwise, 
What's the alternative? And so these are people who live deeply entrenched within cultural hegemony. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm a little interested with, with memes going forward. Because we've got now this culture on the internet of people who are, you know, swapping ideas either through text and image or video bytes. And it's got algorithms driving it on social media platforms that are you know, working in favor often of like the trend of the week, which is usually either outrage news item or new large media project being developed mm -hmm. or, you know, and advertised or big new product generally, you know, technology or something, some new horrible AI thing to ruin your life or some expensive phone that's going to track your data for you. Or, you know, uh, a new gadget we don't even know yet, but now you need it to live. And all if you if you try to live according to how you used to, like with cash and, and being a normal human being in the physical world, we're too bad. No, you got to scan the new blobber. Everything's blobber-based. You need a blorp on your blobber and you download <laughs> that. And it just happens to cost like this, you know, a whole bunch of money on a whole, a whole tier of money above what we've yet known. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going off on a tangent into a weird direction that would take a whole podcast episode to explain. Uh, I mean, that, that's fair. We'll just have to save that for another podcast episode, I think, then. But, you know. Luddite Bria. <laughs> I, I do, you know, like, so far we've spoken about all of these connections and why, like, um, the alt-right has a particular culture of memes and, and what have you. But I think to... To kind of like switch it over to some of the other side is like speaking of those NPC memes from before, um, I've seen so many uh, left wing and trans and etc. takes where they've like co opted the meme, changed the meaning, and turned it into something that's honestly quite positive. Um, well, or old... like dunking on the original people who were acting like NPCs. Like, that's yeah, so that's the interesting thing. Um... That you're, that's able to do that uh, in a way because I've seen the reverse happen where, say, like uh, right-wing people, Kiwi Farms type people, they would do mm -hmm. edits of my comics or like Sophie Blabelle's comics or something, and they'd like try and make them racist or whatever. They turn, <laughs> and, but the thing is, nobody wants to see that. No, I, I didn't really see that get shared anywhere other than on their weird little creepy forums or yeah. directed at us to piss us off. So, but the, those sort of whereas our originals do catch on and people do share them and they would go everywhere. And so whereas it's interesting that like the left could co-op memes and they get shared everywhere. Whereas the right can't really co-op memes. Actually, it only gets shared amongst losers and, and, and people that don't really have actual clout. Well, I mean, this is, this is a funny thing. I've seen like this. So Shen is a, a, a comic artist that gets um, their comics get, like remixed by leftists and trans people a lot oh yeah well barely any remixing needed for the trans angle often yeah although uh, i mean i gather that's a whole complicated thing i think shen identifies as this but i'm i'm not sure yeah uh, i know a lot of people do <laughs> till they don't <laughs> yeah i don't like to speculate too much but i i do there are certain eggy feels but i like throwing darts <laughs> <laughs> But one of the more interesting ones is one of the more popular, well, more popular, certainly one of the, the subreddits that I used to be quite um, interested in and I keep seeing comics spilling out of is uh, the the Stone Toss oh, yeah. uh, edits, which is just like leftist edits of Stone Toss uh, comics. And Stone Toss being a Stone Toss is a Nazi. 
Um, like just, you know, straight up, has straight up admitted it, etc. Um, or I, I think dodgily admitted it? I don't remember. Um, but the point is that like I've seen these these comics where it's edits of Stone Task comics appearing all sorts in all sorts of strange places with honestly more success than I've ever seen alt-right versions of like leftist comics or trans comics or queer comics or anything like that like every so often i'll see racist comics but more often these days i'm seeing re-edits of racist comics popping up all over the place because like i don't know that's where i think like there's a, a kind of positivity to it like because it evolves because it like creates these sort of because it's based off these feelings sometimes you can base it off the exact opposite you can do reflections on it or twists on it or edits on it that change the meaning significantly but are also still connected to the original in a way that can sometimes open up audiences and i i know there are definitely people that fell were falling down the old right pipeline that have been turned around thanks to just informative edits of memes and things like that like it i don't think most people manage it purely on that but it's i think definitely a component Now, I feel like we once again did our famous move of going on a, a weird tangent in the middle of a point. That's fine. Yeah. That's all good. Uh, all right. So the, what I wanted to say with that, and keeping this in mind, because this has the power to do something good, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, with still in an environment of uh, algorithms and corporations and things being sold and we're communicating in a medium of like corporate owned products. Yes. We're subverting them. It had, no one's paying trademark residuals or anything on memes or anything. Yeah. But like, love us too. I'm sure. But like it's still our entire mode of communication is pop cultural references for the most part. And I do think that's concerning. I get very concerned with the idea of AI generated memes and AI generated content generally, because now it's corporations dictating our communication medium. Like, I, I you know I'm an artist. I get really frustrated with how much of being an artist is basically expected that you draw like fan art. And like, not everybody has to. You can have a, a niche without drawing fan art, but you are fighting an uphill battle because yeah. you need to be marketing, like following the algorithms, right? If you're making the thing that is like the thing that everybody's talking about, you're going to be picked up by it. And then you're going to, you know, have people see you. And like, so it means everybody just ends up drawing these corporate products and basically doing free advertising for these corporations just to be seen as an artist. And if all our communication, even if it's being for the good, we're directing things, we're making things better, we're trying to, but it's still like they kind of own it. I think the, the 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 difficulty with that is that um, I think that's just sort of where our culture is. Um, culturally, I think we're we're in this space where, like, so much of our interactions are with corporate products. So many people like, define their identity by corporate products, by like just what they buy, what media they watch, etc. Like. We're just coming off the Harry Potter crisis of 2023. Yeah, like that that's definitely the, the sort of hot button topic right now. You'll probably get to listen to this episode in a couple of weeks. But 
like yeah you know this whole hogwarts legacy thing is is a, a a prime example it's become like a huge thing because so many people are like but it's really important to me it has great meaning it's like it's a product how can this product have such an intense meaning for you it's the stories around it that's that have meaning but like you have somehow attached your meaning and your identity to playing the wizard game which is it's so concerning now that every single major media release now has to have this big outrage campaign that's how they market things they've like got two groups of people that are pretty much irreconcilable just like they seem to innately not be able to agree on like certain key issues and they have no interest in talking to one another for the most part uh i'm just not speaking from our side in terms of like it's 100 percent them they're the bad guys but like Mm uh like you've got these two groups that you can pit against one another and then every single thing you do you can purposely pepper in things that like you know will spark outrage and I, I can't speak specifically but I like I do a lot of voiceover work and I have worked on projects where I could see absolutely that's what they're doing as I'm working yeah. I'm like oh and like I'm looking at it I'm like oh my god this is gonna be the stupidest outrage and then it comes out and lo and behold this big stupid outrage around it and like they're trying to piss you off as they know that it's gonna get them marketing if people hate you and people love you in equal measure. That's twice as many people who are looking at you. Yeah, uh, it's it. What what really bothers me the most about all of that is that it often comes at the cost of the quality of the products in question because they're relying on outrage marketing to market it rather than making the thing better. And it's just like this whole idea of tying identity to which side of an argument you're on or what have you, like seeing people argue about whatever the hell disney is doing with the latest uh marvel movie for instance is just it's tiring i don't care about the marvel cinematic universe very much there's certain characters that i like certain characters that i'll go and watch but often without much hope that it's going to be particularly good and nine times out of ten i'm proven right um like i think the marvel cinematic universe has crawled so far up its own rear end as to be a waste of everyone's time but like we keep seeing all these headlines about disney and and queer people in the latest Marvel movie. And like, I don't care. I literally don't care. And I hate the fact that so many people are like, I have strong opinions about this. I'm like, why? This isn't changing shit. They're going to add it in a way that makes clear that it's there so that Western audiences can have a fight about it and is easily removable so that like fucking Russia and China can pull it out. Yeah that's what they're doing they they have marketed it specifically so that it annoys you in the west and is editable in the east yeah Congrats. it's not here for anybody they're not trying to save anything yeah it doesn't i don't i don't care show me more stuff like the has been hotel or hell of a boss that kind of stuff where people are actually like you know the, the characters in uh, hell of a boss have so much more life to them because they're real they're noisy they're chaotic they're messy they have issues they have things that are about them they're interesting i like that and like you know if you're gonna base your identity around like products identity like 
base it around products that are actually good by independent artists rather than like or whatever even, the fuck like, Disney is making. I don't know, week. like great works of literature. There's such a rich history. <laughs> there's there's so much beautiful art in the world. It doesn't have to be like some the newest thing that's come out from some like company that wants your money. Like Yeah. And then like, okay, so like Harry Potter came out when you were a little kid. Like, I, I feel sorry for you that your childhood, like, hey, my child is mostly owned by companies, but you have to let yeah. go at a certain point. Like, you can't keep, like, do you really want these people to own you forever? Like, I, mean, I, I don't want to keep getting fleeced by them just because they, they think they can yank on my feelings. I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves, funnily enough, is uh, the Nintendo company and all the games they make because it feels like this thing where everybody fawns over whatever the hell they do. And I'm just like, I... I missed out on Nintendo as a kid, and I don't have the nostalgia factor. But, like, Pokemon, for instance, which I was a big thing when I was a kid, the newest games are pretty bad. It's taken them, like, 25 to 30 years to invent the third fucking dimension properly. Congrats. Oh, and you sort of fucked it up while you were on the way? Like, yeah, <laughs> these products are bad, and I don't know why people tie their identities to it, and it bothers me, and I'm probably just weirdly grumpy about it, and I'm going on a tirade. Like, I, 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 feel like, I feel like we're, <laughs> I don't know, flipped, but like, I thought we're going to be uh, on opposite ends of one another here, but uh, I, yeah, I, I don't like it that our culture is so much based around these corporate properties, and, and then, you know, our mode of expression, again, it's like, okay, so anybody communicates uh, everything is about sharing something that you've already seen before, basically. There's, yeah. I feel like, you know, okay, I'm not going to say there's none, and I know there's room for it, but, like, I see a decrease in creative thinking. I see a decrease in, like, you know, like, actually learning how to draw. Like, yeah, there's a lot of great artists around, but, like, you know, you could draw, too. I know it sucks and it's hard, but, like, I would rather see my friends' crappy and perfect drawings than the same meme all the I, time like i i think you know i i often i would agree i i do think memes can be an interesting form of expression and like they contain these sort of moments of feelings but like yeah i would i would rather see interesting drawings and like you know um it's the kind of memes that we were doing were more wholesale creative that would be great rather than just copying and pasting the same image across multiple times it gets i don't know i think there's uh i have these conflicted feelings about it because in some ways it's like this beautiful form of expression that i i think i guess i guess where i end up always falling is like it feels like it could be so much better it feels like it could be something that would be better if it weren't for capitalism yeah <laughs> you know if these things weren't nine times out of ten copied moments from uh big media products or things about big media products like from these different corporations it would just be way more interesting i think i often find like the, the memes that i tend to enjoy the most are like things taking the piss out of like recent news or some interesting development or something like that rather than like talking about the latest media products with stills and short videos from other media products it's just meh <laughs> yeah i uh i mean like ugh, i feel like i've been such a killjoy this whole time but like i mean same I... but like you know i, I get it I, I get it you want to have fun 
You want to, you know, trade something that's easily communicable. We've all seen these movies, chances are, although I don't increasingly, I see less and less of the things as I slowly march towards the grave. But, uh, you know, like, it's an easy way to swap, you know, whatever, a LARF, an idea, a political message. And because we we both, you know, we all know SpongeBob. Don't we love SpongeBob, folks? Like, it's it's like, it's maybe you could argue it's the communication of the people. You know, it's it's popular, populist. I, I think that's somewhat of a merit, but I think it also, you know, um, again, if it went so corporate, like, yeah, everybody knows SpongeBob. That's good. I like to see things that are, especially things that take like old products, things that are part of our past history and childhood that people aren't still profiting off. I guess... You know, I always end up, I'm, I'm such an anti-capitalist that the idea of somebody profiting off, like, people having laughs bothers me. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it just, it snowballs, it gets into a bad place. Eventually, yeah. like, they own you, and it's like, they, like, you know, get to, well, they already do, but they, they pay people to pass laws for them to benefit them. And then, before you know it, trains derail in Ohio, and all the cattle for 100 miles is poisoned. Like, yeah. Or, or it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you want insulin? Well, <laughs> how much money do you have? How many adverts are you willing to watch in order to save your own fucking life oh. using our insulin? Or you better oh, watch six hundred a month. You want to have like, a media career? Okay, do a whole bunch of free advertising for us. Yeah, like even if and there's no guarantee. Like, do a bunch of free advertising for us, but there's no guarantee we're even going to hire you or pay you for anything that you do ever. Oh you no, could this just is be one of the this is just to be seen. Just make stuff for for <coughs> us for free. You should be doing it for the love of it. You should love it. I was thinking about this recently, actually. It is like being expected to work at like Taco Bell or Chili's or something. And you got to smile. You got to have enthusiasm. You got to have some pep in your step. You got to, you got to, oh. you know, have a certain number of pieces of flair. It's like, you want to work here? You want to work for yourself and just be an artist that posts their art for people to see? Well, you need to make art that makes us money. Then people may see your art. And then you might be allowed to make some money from your art. But we're sure as hell not going to let them see your Patreon. We're not going to, you know, let them see links to your Etsy or your your online shop. No. Not unless you pay them money. That's advertising then. But, you know, even without that, you want to be in the algorithm? Make advertising of the thing that's being advertised right now by the algorithm. What's being pushed? We need it pushed. Push it out there, pusher. Make it preferably in meme format so that it spreads quickly and easily so that people could share it with each other without thinking too much about it. Yeah. Because that's what they're trying to do is monetize the fucking memes. And I hate it. And that's, I think, where I, it, that's what rankles me the most about this, is I like the idea of memes. I think they're great as cultural, like, little sound bites and feelings and things that express so much about the world. But it's just, now it's advertising. Yeah, it's all about uh, shortening your attention span, too, right? You can't think yeah. in any other way but this. This is your mode of expression. It's be on the phone, swap the meme maybe click a shop link once in a while or just keep clicking because they do love those clicks it tells them a whole lot apparently it's very important information they need to have and it's definitely a completely reasonable basis for an economy is clicks and data i'm sure that's going to go great 
I mean, I wonder how long it'll be before. I, I know you can already buy memes on T-shirts and things like that, but like, how long before fast fashion and memes have an ungodly fucking horror child? Oh my god, the landfills are gonna be uh, a little overflowing. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea of fast fashion is, is, and I mean, this is an interesting one because this is a, an industry based around memes as well. Um, because it's it's about these sort of expressions and these cultural like tidbits that crop up in like different shows and you'll see evolutions of them or copies of them or imitations you know i i think this is the interesting thing is like i think memes are just a kind of expression of our inherent social species oeuvre i guess just like everything is about imitating and copying and iterating and evolving the ideas around us and like you'll see that in every industry every creative industry every even non-creative industries we see things where like god i mean i've worked for so many companies that like they saw one company that was super popular and then suddenly every fucking company under the sun was suddenly doing the same goddamn thing oh Um, that's why we all have accounts on tiktok now whether we actually made one or not because every social media platform wants to be tiktok yep Oh, the accounts for everything. Individual accounts for every platform is such a fucking... It's so messed up. Oh, it'll all become TikTok eventually. Don't worry. I I was reading a post earlier, a meme, I guess, um, about... The only way posts exist now. (laughs) Yeah, about the the Truman Show, funnily enough. I'm re-watching the Truman Show in a, a modern context. And like where the first time when the movie came out, it was this horrifying idea of like, you know constant surveillance all for profit and like just completely directing this guy's life through every aspect and nothing is real because it's all just the product to be sold to people and keep them watching and what have you and like permanent surveillance and it's like well we kind of live that we've sort of done it to ourselves like there are people around us that take photos like they might be just recording uh, a dance TikTok in the middle of the store and record you in the background. Now you're in their video. Now you're on the internet without ever having the choice to do so. Or your friend posts a funny picture from when you were younger with some edited text, and that's a meme that's getting shared around. Now your face is plastered on the internet forever. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> scary. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I um, I was thinking recently. You know that movie Megan that came out or Me- Three Gan. Uh, no, actually. Oh, oh, See, it's, I, an, it's an evil doll. Oh, it's one of the uh, an addition to the the storied evil doll genre. Oh, okay, it's a robot evil doll. She's like an AI, a rogue AI that's supposed to protect a kid, and then she like kills people or whatever. And then yeah, the the, the trailer's got like this, like viral moment where she's doing like a, like a dance, but then the yeah. dance turns deadly and starts killing people. That sounds and, very memeable. Well, I was thinking, I was like, you know, people are all like, oh, that TikTok is Chinese infiltration. They're they're spying on America and they're brainwashing American youth. And like, I was like, okay, what if it was like, you know, people doing the TikTok dances in public, so like almost like a TikTok flash mob type thing. Do kids still do flash mobs? Is that a thing? I don't think flash mobs are as much of a thing anymore. Kids don't have but... friends. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but they're doing a lot. They're, they're all individually shooting a TikTok dance together on video. They're yep. dancing around. And then, boom, trigger word kicks in. And then they're killing. It's a dance of death. And China <laughs> has made their move. And they're all going to get killing people with their TikTok dance knife moves, like in the Megan movie. <laughs> Watch out, folks. Your kids... 
TikTok murder dance trigger words. What you need to know as a parent tonight at 11. I mean, this <laughs> is the worst thing is it feels like we're already there. It feels like this is the world that we live in. Would you like to know more? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, I don't, did I, I don't know if I made this point. Go cut this whole thing if I've already said this before, but it's too good not to say. Uh, I've probably even said this to you at some point, but shush. Okay. Um, you know, so we came of age on the internet. We, we, we kind of grew up on, on the social medias to a degree. Like we're yeah. kind of probably, I think we're roughly the same age going into college around the time Facebook was kind of coming of age. And yeah, and I, I mean, I was you're a few in, years younger than me, I think. Yeah. But. I was born in 19. Oh yeah. I'm so. 87. So like, mm, you know, like so I think, much. I think Facebook was basically coming out the year I went to university and I stayed away from it. Right. Mm. But I, but anyways, I got into it eventually made like my, my living on it. It's how I still make my living is social media and like we kind of were used to it right we're kind of yeah. we're kind of you know we're it's uh but it's addictive it's not good for us we know it's not good for us we've got all these studies showing us but we still do it we still have to like we're kind of we're like addicts we're we're kind of like um heroin addicts in a way yeah. right and uh you know we got the new generation though a uh, new generation of drugs even fentanyl it's way worse than yeah. heroin right and apparently when fentanyl first hit the streets uh, it was, you know, all the, the old addicts, uh, who were, you know, doing heroin, like you couldn't really get non-fentanyl heroin and eventually just not, you know, it's just fentanyl. You can't even get heroin anymore. And a lot of them died because they didn't know how to dose it. And it's very difficult yeah. to dose as it is. And they're used to taking a certain amount and it's really hard to figure out what the right amount to take. Again, it's hard to take, to figure out the right amount of fentanyl to take as it is but if you already have a heroin addiction like i think it's even harder right so yeah. a lot of them died because they couldn't figure it out right um but then there's a new generation of people who are addicted to fentanyl that like you know it's not great but they you know i think it's like they easier to not die right away if you don't if you're not already addicted to heroin you know don't, yeah. don't quote me 100 percent on that but i do know a lot of them did die and yeah. maybe it's just because fentanyl's that deadly point still stands fentanyl's the new drug well, what's the new social media? It's TikTok. And TikTok is, to these new kids and to us, fentanyl as it is to heroin. And mm -hmm. uh, that's why we can't handle it. I can't. I know you do TikTok. I can't. It's, it'd fry well, my brain, I think. I, I would OD on that, I think. I, I actually I don't use TikTok. I avoid it. I use YouTube oh. shorts sometimes, um, which is YouTube's attempt to copy it. And I think the part of the reason that I use it is because it's so badly implemented that it just doesn't work quite as well. It's also extremely ironic to me that the majority of the ads on YouTube shorts is ads for TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> which just seems counterproductive. But, you know, I, I don't run Google or YouTube. so they must, That's some confidence. Right? It's, it's a very misplaced confidence. <laughs> they really believe in their platform that is copying the other platform. They really believe in their platform while also seemingly doing everything they can to tank it. I new YouTube rules has been a whole thing lately. I don't mm. know if you've seen much about it, but like... I, I don't know. I probably should actually pay more attention to it, but no. <laughs> Yeah, it's more just around like swearing and stuff. And oh yeah, I saw some of that. Yeah, kid friendly, as though somehow that's going to make them more money. Um, 
I think their idea is that they can advertise more kid-friendly things on everything. But, like, yeah, it's just a mental idea. Yeah, I like, don't think... That doesn't sound like it's going to go great. I mean... It hasn't I, gone great for every website that's ever tried to ban, like, adult content. Like, you're not going to get away with banning swearing. This is not going to work. This is going to be something that they're going to have to walk back. But, you know, here we are. Well, I mean, it's almost like memes are uncontainable. It's like you can't you can't stop the spread of ideas. And, you know, TikTok has got, I'm going to pivot back to this because I still want to be on this kick of like the new generation. YouTube's trying to keep up, but as you say, they're not doing as well. TikTok's got way more of a user base. There's kids just like, just like, you know, teenagers just have like more followers than I've ever had on any platform as like a working adult woman. Yeah. Like there's just like a huge user base on there. And like these kids... Their brains seem kind of fried. I, there's no way this is good for you to be watching like short form content, rapid fire. There's no way that's good for you as your primary mode of like cultural expression and consumption. Nuh-uh. I don't buy it. That's going to rot your brain. <laughs> I sound so old, but I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm always fascinated because like, for instance, I don't think social media rotted my brain at the age that i got into it and like watching tv and playing video games playing video games is a big one my mother was weird about them for a long time and honestly i think playing video games was better for my brain than sitting in front of a tv but she also thought that was going to rot my brain and like i don't think it did as much damage as as they predicted uh social media in particular didn't do as much damage as my parents predicted in many people of their generation but the weird thing is looking at how they interact with all of these um like social media like boomers on facebook is a whole fucking thing like they have overtaken that platform and it is it is rotting their brains i don't think it rotted our brains but it's certainly rotting theirs it's like that old guard addict thing they're like the older they're they're the tv generation and then tv generation got on facebook hey we grew up on the streets. We can take a hit of Facebook, no problem. But a hit of Facebook for them? It's like when my mom takes one hit of a joint. Like, <laughs> or yeah. worse, it would be if my mom tried to do a hit of, you know, some of that sweet china. <laughs> like, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's not good for them. Their poor bodies can't handle it. Their slow old person brains are used to TV pace and they can't keep up. And they're just getting circles run around them by Steve Bannon. Yep. I mean, they don't have the tools needed to, like, separate fact from fiction in ways that we all had to just kind of develop as we were growing. I think, like, I'm of the opinion that these young kids probably will develop, like, defense mechanisms. There are going to be some kids who are lost along the way. Uh, That happens every generation with every new technological, like, advancement or shift in in social dynamics. But I, I have hope for the kids. But I do think TikTok isn't isn't great and he seems to be crossing a threshold and this is like again such an old person thing to say my thing was well not good i'm not going to say it was good but that's yeah. just it i we know that our thing's not good and this new thing is even more the things that make our thing not good well i will also say that like i am starting to see some of the damage that like social media and um like for instance the the over advertising of kids toys the whole Pokemon franchise is a whole thing. And like, it's it's a thing of love for a lot of people. But I, 
it's Gotta buy them all. problems and like it really was the, one of the big ones it, from my generation that was like pushing toys video games series pokemon was everywhere it was everything oh yeah I'm, i was there gandalf and like you know I, I i think it has created this sort of like weird idea that we've gone to with like i don't know th- these idea of these media products being all the things all at once all the time everywhere around you like you couldn't escape Pokemon when I was a kid. Oh yeah, it was at the school ground. <clears throat> it was on the playground. It was on the TV. It was on every game console. Not every game console, but it was like on a lot of game consoles that were around. People had them with them everywhere. It was being advertised. It was in bookstores. It was in magazine stores. It was everywhere. Like you just couldn't avoid it, and that has become like I don't know mainstream, and people just kind of like accepted it as normal, and I think it's really weird. It's it's like I don't know, like it's feel like we're having ice cream for dinner all the time. Like Star Wars used to be so rare. Yeah, getting anything related to Star Wars was so special, and now it's just all the Star Wars you can hook up to your IV. Like it's <laughs> it's intravenous. You're, that's how you live now. It's Star Wars is getting put into you whether you want it or not. We're putting the foie gras feeding tube down your throat. You're getting Star Wars, kids. And, you know, that hey. That was a disturbingly apt uh, analogy, honestly, because it feels like we're being fattened up so that we'll buy more of the crap that they're feeding us. Yeah. And, you know, I let go of Star Wars a long time ago, and I'm sure the new stuff is very good. I don't know. You've spoken to me how much you like Andor. Sounds like a great series. I'm sure they've done lots of good stuff. I'm sure there's quality behind it. But no, you're not buying, you're not getting me to buy this, and you're not getting me to pay money for Disney Plus. And I would like to move on with my life from the movies that I liked when I was 10. I, I mean... For me, I don't mind engaging with stuff that was from when I was 10. I don't mind. But I do, like, Star Wars has gotten notably worse since they opened things up. Andor feels like a massive exception to the latest slew of all the movies, all of the games, everything. Like, I used to play a lot of the games when I was a kid. I really liked the, like, Jedi games. thought they were great. There have been so many games. Like, the, the Force Unleashed was so weird, and the story was so bad. And, like, all these products have come out in the Star Wars universe that just sort of suck because they're pushing this product at you all the time. And they don't care about the content. They don't care about how good it is. Like, some of the people involved care about the things that they're making, but the people pushing this at you don't care. Like... They don't get why you like Star Wars. They just see, hey, you bought a ticket. Maybe you'll buy more of this crap. Clearly, they don't know why I like Star Wars because there's no freaking puppets. Yeah. They have like a couple now and then, but make it more. Oh. Make get. I want more Jim Henson. Just make Jim Henson Studios do Star Wars, please. That's what I want. You might, you might have more enjoyment with like andor in the way they've done a lot of that stuff i'm not sure there's that many puppets but like a lot of the set feels great but again it's one in so many and like i was shocked to see that they film so many of the star wars series on this like weird green screen room. oh yeah the green the the video room yeah we don't need backgrounds anymore folks we don't need sets we're just gonna have a tv and like when you look at the edited footage from that it looks so uncanny and weird it doesn't look quite right because everything's a little too odd. And then, like, some of the series end up with these bizarrely 
I don't know. Um, like, there's a scene in, in, I think, episode three of that Obi-Wan Kenobi series that they made, which, okay, I did not get why that was made. Um, even three episodes in, I was like, what is this? It's, this because is they, it's because they own the rights to Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jenna. Yeah. You gotta make something out of that. But, like, he spends a minute or two fiddling with a gate mechanism that he could have literally walked around. And it's like the shot just shows these like two buildings with a this, like fucking um, gate mechanism in front of it. And then on either side is like a hill and there's meters of distance between them that he could just walk around or he could just climb up the rocks and walk around. Why is he going through this one checkpoint in a blank area on a planet? Does not make any sense well, because probably they set up a small set and they were like, well, this is some dirt road somewhere. How do we make it so that he can't get past? Well, you did a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why was any of that? What a waste of everyone's time. Also, you could film in this weird, like, green screen room. You could, like, give, you could have anything. Exactly. And then you, then you look at, like, I know, I'm, I'm going remember, on about... Remember like, when we were doing an episode about memes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me just ranting about Star Wars. Well... Uh, I think... I mean, it, it speaks to the same frustrations. We'll get there. Like, yeah. Now, like, you know, we see all these little bits and pieces. That show, actually, that is a really good thing to tie it to, is the fact that that show m- mimicked, did a meme in the show about the general, like, hello, oh. General Kenobi thing. Like, that became a meme that then got... That, like, <sighs> I hate that. Like, <laughs> the product has gone full circle and is now referencing the meme about that came about because of the product it just yeah i uh, i'm not a huge fan of like <sighs> overuse of callbacks like a callback has got to be actually clever and in this case i know it's not really a callback it's a call in bringing the meme world into their world but like imagine if tv or not you know what we call tv you know just videos media it just becomes like the same self-referential, self-creating orifucus. Is that how you say it? The snake eating itself? What's that Ouroboros, constellation? Ouroboros, that's right. What's the other one then? Ouroboros is a dinosaur, maybe. At any rate, if this is like, this reminds me of uh, DC, what DC's doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to have their unified style where the movies, the video games, and the comics are all the same style. That's going to be completely joyless to work on for anybody. It's going to be completely joyless, I think, to consume, I'd assume. Like, I don't want to see this. Like, I want to see different interesting things. I mean, I, I don't read DC Comics. I don't give a shit about superheroes. But, like, that's because it's kind of feels very samey. I, I've seen superheroes before. I've read a Batman comic. I've read a few Batman comics. I think I get the idea of Batman. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm sorry. I'm sure you can do interesting things with Batman, but maybe do a different story that has other interesting things in them. You don't need Batman specifically. You are just, your childhood was bought by a company and you don't have a culture that you came from. You just have this thing. And like... Well, I mean, comic books actually used to be quite interesting in that and like different stories would be told by different writing and art crews on like every couple of issues it would change over. Yeah. And like... That was usually really interesting. It, it's led to comic books having this long-standing style. But They're like, going to kill all innovation with this. Yeah, their I mean, products... I mean, okay, yeah, just think about this for a second. Their movies are going to be the same as their comics. Oh, yeah, their movies that have famously done so well. Their yeah. movies are doing so great. I'm sure that unifying all of your stuff, bundling them all together and making them all the same, that's going to be even better, right? We <laughs> all want to see more of that. 
Oh, it's that. I mean, that's a depressing thing that just feels like they're trying to copy Marvel. And Marvel has had not very much success with their video games side of things, especially because they then couldn't get the actors to sign on to do the video games. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be something that's going to come up with the new crop of actors is that they're going to have to like tie in. Yeah, you're tied down for six movies and as many video games as we make within this period of time. Well, because a lot of these movies don't seem to be having like stars in them. They just have people in them. They're like, yeah, we've got people dime a dozen and just sign them for some shitty contract. We can do whatever we want, make them do everything. And there's a million people that will happily replace them. These people don't matter. They're just going to be green screen. They don't have to be a good actor. They don't have to be anybody special. Their name isn't what is bringing people to this. Marvel's name is what's bringing people to this. So we can just have a bunch of teenagers, basically, like a bunch of fry cooks at McDonald's, get them in here. You know what I mean? But like, you know, the hot ones, uh, you know, all the ones well, that come to California, all those desperate teenagers that come out to California for a career, they can, you can get in here and then we'll get in the studio and just, you know, you can be a dumb, hot person on camera that doesn't know anything and signs their rights away and then does a 90 picture deal with us or whatever. Yep. With, with video mean, that's, games. That's what they're aiming for. They've made it pretty clear that's what they're aiming for. Because like they, they've had so many troubles with um, contract negotiations with some of the people that they've had coming back for a number of movies so now they're trying to nail people down to like six or ten movie contracts which is just insane like you know yeah if you if you're making this big product and you're like using it to make billions of dollars sort of deserve to pay your talent for it like what the fuck but no no we'll just hire teenagers (laughs) we'll just hire some no name yeah. Um, uh. You pay them enough to make being an actor seem worthwhile, but you, they don't command those big celebrity payouts. You yeah. act in a bunch of their movies, and then maybe you get to be a celebrity after that and do other movies and get win a Sundance or whatever. I don't know what it is. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure either. I don't care about awards. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, they... Uh, this is this whole trend of flattening out of culture and everything becoming like samey. Yeah. We're gonna we'll all make this this like assembly line cookie cutter product that we make a d- gajillion of for super cheap, and y- we're just gonna distribute it out on mass, following like a very like you know cookie cutter formula with bite sized bits of jokes and punchy bits that people laugh at, and like it's easily memeable and shareable. And yeah. where's the, the substance? They're certainly not going to ever challenge anything. They're never going to challenge the U.S. military, which is like heavily invested in their like pr- product because they if they want to show anything military-related, you have to sign off with them. So yeah. it's kind of interesting, actually, how the U.S. military just so happens to have a great big stake in the massive media property that takes over everything and is gobbling everything up. And all of culture revolves around increasingly, I know people are getting sick of these movies, but like everything's like just referencing this stuff, right? Mm. Everything is, is going back to it. And then like this thing that's the primary mode of cultural expression has a clause written into it that it can never, ever criticize the U.S. military or presumably any other U.S. institutions. Interesting. Yeah, they've got to be very careful about how they represent it. And they've got like, military people coming and taking a look to double check that it fits their their decision on what is okay to say about the military which is such a messed up concept but like 
also to, to sort of like pull back to the the meme thing and like some of what you were saying like oh you these memeable moments like that's what movies are starting to be made more and more out oh, of yeah, how you like share things it. that they can try and meme and we keep seeing movies try and create more of these moments in in some cases incredibly awkward and unpleasant ways where it just feels wrong and then like you know on the other to to go back to try and sort of like indicate some of the more positive things that i've seen that's come out of movies one of my favorite in the the genre of movie memes that has come out recently is this one that was on tumblr a while ago about goncharov which is a movie that has never existed um and basically the the entirety of tumblr went on this sort of rant where they were sharing memes and concepts about this supposedly award-winning movie and sharing all these ideas about the plot and the posters and the actors that were supposedly in it and all of this nonsense creating this whole made-up non-existent movie and going on about it as though it was a thing that actually existed um well, it's like Graggle simpson <laughs> have you ever seen that meme that's no. like people trying to act like there's another simpson family member that's great and it's a, yeah Graggle. it's this weird looking lumpy guy yeah i mean like Rick and Morty is sort of a terrible show, but I know they've like done played with concepts of route. Like, it's been oh, a Mr. Poopy like, Butthole. Yeah, like just this idea of these characters that sort of like don't actually exist but do sort of. And I I like these kind of creative ideas where people are like playing with things or or the the Morbius movie, um, which they managed to get like everybody memeing about it. I don't know if you heard about this whole thing. Um, when the, the Morbius, Mobius, Morbius, Morbius, yeah, Morbius movie. <laughs> I never went and watched it. I, I only know, know this. I, I watched 90s Spider-Man. Right. Well, um, so Marvel was making a movie about Morbius and so Tumblr, etc. started memeing the crap out of like, it's morbid time. time. <laughs> and they got it to the point where basically nobody had gone to watch it. But then they convinced the executives to put the movie back up, and then it lost a ton yep. more money. <laughs> it's great. We love it. <laughs> Which, it, to me, is this delightful kind of like meta meme because it's taking all of the, all of the characteristics of how these companies want us to advertise their crap for them through memes by like taking these memeable moments, but then making it about things that aren't in the movie and making it as a like reverse role reversal on it to be like now nah, we we want none of your shit this is all taking the piss out of you thinking you can game us and like i love that as a meme it's because it the, is it's like, the good kind of meme terrorism yeah. not dorky pepes doing the brigade it's you know people <laughs> convincing corporations that their dumb movie's gonna do well and they lose a bunch of money yeah like oh it's beautiful i i love it it's my favorite <clears throat> kind of meme just the the kind that rakes People trying to exploit this creativity of people in just rakes them across the calls, just being like, "You don't know what you're doing. You don't understand this. Fuck you for even trying." <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. They they I worry about them controlling it, but they clearly don't completely control it. Well, I think this is this is the trouble that we see with capitalism across the the board. Capitalism is generally kind of incompetent. Um, and it's really just about making as much money as possible, but the people that are in charge of it are the people who care about making as much money as possible, not about creating things that are interesting or that people actually like. It's about number crunching. So they create things that 
statistically are likely to do more of the same thing as other things and they're really risk averse yeah which is why we keep seeing the same fucking stories over and over again it's why we keep seeing like these weird marvel like these weird marvel movies that kind of gloss over backstory in this weird way or like misassemble things because it's it's paint by numbers and like <laughs> yeah they gotta make it palatable they can't do anything too weird is a lot of that marvel stuff is really weird and they don't get weird enough with it like the yeah. marvel movies that i genuinely like are the weirdest ones and they're too afraid Same. to go there most of the time and it's like you know, it's going back to like being an artist, you know, or somebody who's creating culture. If you're having to do the same thing all the time, it's just not very fun. And yeah. there's no room for like your expression and your genuine self. And like, if you're always having to do the safe thing, like I, I find like, uh, there's lots of projects that I really want to do that mm -hmm. I'm like too scared to like put out there because I'm just not convinced that it's, a, you know, the environment's right for it to do well. And I end up going back to things that it's like, I'm less passionate about, but I know will perform better online. And that makes me really sad. Just like, because you only get so much time in your life to be doing things. And if you're spending your life, like doing stuff you don't really want to do, especially like art, it's a really personal thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it rubs me the wrong way. I get a little, you know, a little resentful. And it's, uh, you know, a terrible environment we're in where we're at the mercy of like these advertisers and whatever agenda they're trying to push. And if you're a little guy, you might think you work for yourself, but you don't. You work for them still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you even if you own your own little company, you're still a cog in the machine, unfortunately. Like there's no real escape from that unless you were part of the ultra wealthy who can practically buy and sell countries. Like well, Elon Musk just, just he bought his, his toy, his, yeah. his Twitter toy, and he broke it, and he's mad. Like, <laughs> you can just buy things. You can buy whole industries and then play with them. This, uh, so this episode, I, I never remember exactly when the Super Bowl is, but apparently it was fairly recently, and Musk has just done the, the whole uh, putting his posts so that they appear first on everybody's feeds and stuff, even if they're not following him, which is just the most childish <laughs> Oh like, my god, that's so pathetic. You're going to see my memes first. That's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> again, that, that's again a case of like, you think you can buy this culture. Yeah. You thought you could dictate to other people what the memes are going to be, but you suck and your memes are never going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's so many of, those, of his sycophantic followers that seem to love his memes and they're all so bad. I, I don't think I've ever seen a half decent meme from the guy no he's, he's just he's... aping other people's crap well and doing okay. it badly this this feeds in i think honestly elon musk the reason why he's successful it's not just he was born into wealth that's no. a big part that's a huge mm -hmm. part of it the main part 90 percent of it's that and then the next 10 percent of it is he was a reddit guy he went on reddit and he knew some like baseline you know normie reddit meme type stuff mm -hmm. really not good clearly but he, he knew the Reddit humor. And all these Reddit guys, they all generally thought at that time, this was new atheist times, they all thought they were super rational, genius tech bros, that they're going to university for STEM, and they think they're better than everybody else, but nobody gets their dorky meme humor on Reddit that isn't mainstream. And then here comes this new tech guy who's all rich. He's an upstart. He made PayPal or whatever. And yeah. he knows the memes. He knows the Reddit memes. He, he laughs at the same jokes they laugh at. And those jokes they laugh at are very smart because after all these people are very smart 
And so they thought he was a genius. He must be if he understands their geniuses. So he must be a genius too if he laughs at their same genius humor as them. And he's rich. So on top of it, his genius got him rich. Just like they aspire to be rich through their genius. And they need to believe that he is a genius. Because they need to believe that they're geniuses. If he's not a genius, they're not a genius. Well, I, I think there's even another layer to it, which is that I think, you know, he for them, he has to be a genius because that implies that they live in a meritocracy, that any of us live in a meritocracy. Yeah. And that anything that isn't um, fitting that is because of woke nonsense. And here's this guy who's reached the top. And, and you know, in a meritocracy, in a meritocracy he's reached the top. He's the best, the br- smartest, the brightest. And, and if they have some of the same traits and the same humor, that means they should be able to achieve it too. And that's just not how the world works. You didn't <laughs> inherit a diamond mine or emerald mine. Yeah. Sorry, honey. I don't care get... how much STEM you studied. Like, even if he didn't profit from the emerald mine directly, <clears throat> it paid for his education, it paid for his tutors, it paid for everything he had, every benefit he had. Like, yeah, sure, there's pictures of him working on his first car and like not and sleeping next to his computer and so forth. But you know what? Those were times where most people didn't own a fucking computer, especially in South Africa, for Christ's sake. Like... Yeah, computer tech existed, but it, home computers were not super affordable because they were expensive tech that you had to import. Having lived there, it's expensive. Like, he he had so many benefits. This is not a meritocracy. And he's just an idiot who had all the right benefits and the right timing, and he lucked into this shit. Well, he's only ever had, clearly, he's only ever had people around him that said yes to him. Like, we've there's tons yeah. of accounts of companies just having to walk around on eggshells, entire departments dedicated to placating him. Twitter is now being fired down to the last two people that say yes to everything he says or whatever. And like, even if he's not an idiot, at this point, so many people have been saying yes to him about literally everything that his ideas are unhinged. Like, (laughs) so funnily enough, I used to watch a guy called Thunderfoot, who very much the... Oh, New Atheist Times. Yep, New Atheist Times. One of the funniest things I've seen is him debunking like the hyperloop um where he's shitting on elon musk for such a dumb idea it's just like elon musk has always had a number of really fucking stupid ideas ever since he's kind of had a degree of power like in the paypal thing he only got to be part of it because the company that he created was bought by paypal and he became one of the major shareholders and then he was ceo for a while until they booted him out of the ceo position because they were like, no, yeah. you're fucking things up so badly, get out. We can't deal with this anymore. It's clear that everything that he's attached to is succeeds in spite of him, with the exception of the money he might bring to it. That's the thing. And that, that's what really gave like Tesla and SpaceX the, the, the benefits was the amount of money that he brought with. But now it's starting to have the opposite effect. Yeah, he's getting toxic. And it's because of his memes. It really yeah. is. He really needs to push his memes on the world. And that's like what's driving him to madness. Yeah, he has this intense desire seemingly to be the popular guy. And he well, keeps trying I, to do it through these asinine memes. Well, I think he saw Donald Trump's success on Twitter. And, and then Donald Trump got off Twitter. And he thought maybe he could become the Twitter guy now. Maybe yeah. he could even, you know, can't be president. He wasn't born in the U.S. But he doesn't need to be president. That'd be... You know, it, yeah. it's a pit step down. But the thing is, clearly, 
it's not because he was trying to compete with the president and he lost. So, you know, <laughs> Joe Biden did better and he had a hissy fit. Like, I really do think like he wants to be like that. Like he wants to be the new Donald Trump guy on Twitter that everybody talks about. Well, I mean, he certainly made himself the main character of Twitter a few times now, but yeah. I don't think that's to his benefit. I don't think that's to anyone. His image is just, I think, taking a huge hit from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, I think most people have him blocked. Like, most of the user base of Twitter has him blocked at this point because of his antics. And it's like, that's only going to get worse. Yeah. It's not going to get better. He has dragged his name through the mud so effectively that I think most of the world thinks he's a fucking idiot. It's like Sammy Paradise. Uh, oh, you got to watch that. It's not I Think You Should Leave. You ever watch I Think You Should Leave? I'm sure my uh, my girlfriend would have made you watch it. I don't think so. Oh, I... we're gonna, we'll get you watching that then. And, you know, okay. I think I'm... most, most I think people in our target demographic are going to be at least familiar with I Think You Should Leave. And this is not I Think You Should Leave. It's Tim Robinson's thing he did before that that got him I Think You Should Leave. And it has a great skit in it of a um, a slick like a gambler guy, Sammy Paradise. Um, he sings this whole song, Lady Luck, they call her Lady Luck, this whole thing, it's great. And then he like loses because it's gambling and he then proceeds to debase himself quite a bit oh. until it's just worse and worse and worse and he loses all <laughs> dignity. It's like that, that, that skit, I'm going to say, I think that's about Elon Musk. I, I, I... I often struggle to watch things like that because of the awkward oh, factor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... It, like, just makes my skin crawl. And, like, often seeing a lot of Musk's antics makes my skin crawl. But at least he's enough of a big enough asshole that I f don't feel bad. He's king cringe. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I do like to see him take L's. It makes me happy. Yeah. Same, you know. As far as I'm concerned, he can keep taking L's until he eventually shuffles off this mortal coil. Yeah. Like, um, I... I think he deserves nothing less. You can't be a multi-billionaire without stepping on way too many necks. Oh, uh, yeah. There's so. uh, no ethical billionaires under any, everything. Yeah. All stuff. Something, something. The only ethical source of meat is billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, <clears throat> so, memes. We've yes. been talking a while now about memes. Good? Bad? Neutral? Tasty? I think, well, I mean, my opinion is mostly tasty, <clears throat> very complicated. It's some bad, some good. It's kind of all of the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think they're mostly good. I think, well, okay, okay. 50% good. 50% very bad. I I think that people got to be spending more time writing poetry and drawing funny little drawings and doing that stuff. But also, I think that ideas spreading is great. I think it's more powerful than genes. Crazy guys like Elon Musk, they're all about DNA, weirdo Nazi stuff about eugenics and cultural or, or racial hygiene and crap. No, no, that's so boring. That's so last epoch. We're not doing DNA anymore, folks. We're doing meme-na. Memes spread ideas way faster than DNA ever could. 
if your cultural production survives beyond yourself, that's way more of an influence than any child you leave behind. Who gives a crap about that crap? <laughs> Whatever, your siblings can have kids. That's like 25% of your DNA. It doesn't matter. But your ideas will go farther and they'll evolve more quickly. That's why we own this dumbass planet. We can have evolved every single thing. I probably talked about this in the dinosaur episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Evolution over culture is faster than evolution over biology. And sharing ideas that's how we win that's why we're here i i think memes are they're in everything memes are a part of everything that we encounter i don't even think we realize how often memes come into things like just the idea of sharing ideas and concepts have a form of mimetic nature and i think like there's so much potential for them to be so good but i absolutely agree people should be engaging with things that have more meaning to them and are less about shareable moments and more about shareable ideas i think that's 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 where i often stand on this is just like there's so much potential for memes to be great and i think there's so much attempts from so many people to use them for ill including just making money which is depressing <laughs> also TikTok is china's revenge for the opium wars <laughs> so jenna yeah well we're saying goodbye now oh what? we're not that's staying in <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> I completely lost plot anyway so jenna yes Bria. no we're saying goodbye <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what do you want? I know, to okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. Bye, Jenna. <laughs> Bye, Freya. <laughs> Bye, folks. Bye, folks. Have a good week. See you soon.